Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. My name is Mark Francis, and I'm once again your host for today. And today we have special guests with us. And as we typically do here for a Fellowship family podcast, we like to have stories. We like to have testimonies. We'd like to hear from different people in our church. And today we actually have some people on staff at church, mm-hmm. along with members, along with people who are in community groups, along with people who serve and volunteer. Rose, I've seen you before on this podcast <laughs> yeah. before. This is Rose Locke and Roger Locke. And I don't know why I said Rose first, but there you so go. We're looking right <laughs> at, each looking at each other. Yeah. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Thanks. thanks. Good. Well, thanks for being here. And, you know, not a lot of people know you guys because you, how you work at church is a lot of times behind the scenes, not very visible. So, Roger, I'll go to you first. Tell us what you do at FBC. What's your role? Well, to, to quote a coworker I had years ago, I plug stuff in. Plug stuff in. I plug stuff in. <laughs> okay. Um, I tell people just colloquially, I'm the IT guy. Um, that's I manage the network, the individual yep. stations here. Just make sure that all the all things technical are working as they should. So you're the computer guru expert. Well, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. That's okay. So. <laughs> you know, it's funny because you may or may not have heard in a um, Sermon Spotlight podcast a few weeks ago that Mark Carey had a glitch because he mm-hmm. pushed a button and things <laughs> exploded in his world. <laughs> Emails got sent out to the entire church. What was your response to that, Roger? <laughs> uh uh, no. um, official <laughs> official response. <laughs> well, we just we just delved into it because sometimes those those kinds of emails go out through no fault of anyone. It's yep. just people people are out there looking for email addresses um, and contact lists to send bad emails to and from. Bad um, guys looking for phishing yeah. for things. Fishing yeah. for things, right? Uh-huh. So in in this case, there was a legitimate hack. Mm. Um, on the part of Mark's email. But um, so we dealt with it. We, we kind of closed that up as quickly as we could um, and started taking some some measures to make sure that, to, to mitigate the chances of it happening again. Absolutely. Well, and it's, it wasn't a job security thing for you. You know, it wasn't kind of like a oh, Roger yeah. Locke behind the scenes trying to <laughs> make, no, push the no. buttons. No. no, there's enough going on here though. You solved the problem. So thank you. Well, that's, that's amazing. It was a joint effort. Yes. And Rose, tell us about what you do and how you're behind the scenes here well, at FBC. you've already heard about what I do. I'm um, I'm part of the worship planning team and I get to participate and have creative input in a lot of different projects that we do around here. I um, keep things running technically behind the scenes. I'm very excited that we're transitioning a lot of that to Ben Sanford right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to have some more freedom to, to learn more and do more creative kind of uh, stage design things and other projects that I like to get my looking forward to some stage design stuff absolutely and yeah we did hear from Ben Sanford uh, a few weeks back as we were essentially kind of going through what are the transitions here at church and staff we're not here to talk about staff though (laughs) today you guys have a long history to FBC so I want to start back then Mm -hmm. Um, when did you guys first start attending fellowship back in 1995 okay 1995 Mm -hmm. were you guys a couple then yes when did you guys get married 1990 1990 Mm-hmm. Awesome. And you have how many kids? Three. Okay. And they're how old? This is a uh, pop quiz, right? <laughs> 23, 20, and 17. Awesome. Yeah. So you guys came here really young, really early. Mm-hmm. Kids 
uh, in tow, still not, didn't have kids. Okay. So you guys came without kids yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you're a young couple looking for a church. How did you guys find fellowship? Well, we were already attending a church elsewhere in town, but due to some doctrinal issues, due to some internal political issues, we just decided it was time to leave. Hmm. Um, I knew a couple people that attended uh, Fellowship Bible Church and had actually met Mark Carey a time or two before, kind of on business. I brought a, a loaner copier here. Back to back the church. You brought the a copier. Okay. When I think Mark may have been the only pastor on staff. Um, maybe met, him and maybe Mike Lukens, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. We'll yeah, if he was here, I didn't. On that one. If yeah. he was here, we didn't meet. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so having already met Mark, and since I knew a couple of folks that were already attending, when we were looking for a place to go to church, I thought, well, let's try FBC. Okay. And uh, Mark was in the middle of preaching through Galatians. I came and knew after the first week that this was, this was going to be the church for us. Rosie, did you have the same kind of impressions? Oh, yeah, and I can even tell you... Um, well, I, I attended Shenandoah University, so I had a relationship with Scott Nelson. I didn't know him well, but I remember I can remember very clearly the first Sunday we were here and making eye contact with Scott Nelson as he was leading the hymns. And I can even remember singing one of my favorite hymns, which we don't usually sing anymore, but His Eyes on the Sparrow. Hmm. I remember seeing that was one of my father's favorite hymns. And I just remember it being like a really, it felt like home right away. That's neat. So yeah. it, it's neat to have a, a church feel like home right away mm -hmm. where you're coming in and you're having a little bit of connections with people right away. And that's really what the conversation today is going to be about is, is how do we make connections in a way that goes beyond just what you might have on a Sunday morning mm -hmm. or in this case, a Saturday night. So what did you guys kind of, how did you essentially get engaged or get plugged into the church when you first started attending? Well, immediately we knew, um, we had we i mean a lot of churches nowadays understand that the power of the church really ends up becoming in small group ministry mm -hmm. particularly as churches grow so we knew that right away intuitively because we were we were already believers we were seeking after god we had been really involved in another church and um so immediately the first week we came in they used to call them they used to call them mini churches um, and so right away, there was a list of mini churches. And I, I remember we live, we happened to live close to Scott Nelson. And so I think the very first week, it may have been the second week, as soon as we decided this is where we were going to go to church, then we were, I was on the phone with Scott Nelson and saying, hey, we live right around the corner from you. Mm -hmm. um, we would like to come and visit your uh, community, your mini church. That's cool. So like, I think that's a very similar story that like there's a connection with people that you see the need or you see the opening with a sign up, some sort of sign up opportunity and you just jump right in. Is that y'all's personality to just say, I'm going to jump right in? <laughs> More hers than mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think it's an important part of being part of a church body. I, I mean, I grew up in a church where and um, like we had relationship with each other and, and we knew each other and the older people cared for the younger people. And one of the elders of the church where I grew up was on a family vacation driving from northern Pennsylvania to Florida and stopped at Shenandoah University and came to my dorm room hmm. and visited with me. Wow. So the power of people investing in me as a person um, and how that related through the church, I think, just spoke so loudly into my life from the time I was really young. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot has changed here at FBC over the years since 1995. But I would say there's plenty of constants 
plenty mm. of things that haven't changed. And, and I think the call and the desire to be a part of a smaller group and a, a community of believers that you can encourage each other on is still there. So over these years, what kind of experiences have you guys had in community groups? Oh my goodness. Well, so there was that group that you talked about that for a while was being held at the um, Nelson's home. It eventually moved on to other homes. Um, I think for, for the majority of the time that we were part of that group, it was meeting at Kenna Rosemary Spence's house. Hmm. And, um, and about that same time that we started attending, there was the opportunity for uh, to join another group that was just getting started hmm. for young couples. Okay. So we thought, well... What the heck? You know, when you don't well. have kids, you have a lot more discretionary time. <laughs> so, so we joined that one too. Yeah. So we were in two community groups at the same time, Neat. which is very hey, there's unusual. no rule against that, well. right? <laughs> and and very different demographics. So one group was was people all very similar to us, same mm -hmm. same age, same place in life. Yeah. So we met like Barry and Suzanne Pearson were uh -huh. in that group. Mm -hmm. That's where we first um, met and had a relationship with them. Um, she was pregnant with Caleb, mm -hmm. actually, mm -hmm. when we were in that group together. And then there's other people who still attend church here that were in that group that we started to form relationship with mm -hmm. in that young couples group at that time. Hmm. What what kind of, uh, when I say experiences, I'll elaborate on that a little bit more, but what kind of uh, changes have you seen occurred even in your all's lives as a couple or as a family by being a part of a group it's you know in genesis god said it's not good for the man to be alone you know so he made eve but i think that's a that's a broader thing more than just that male female relationship we're even for people like me who tend to be um somewhat of a hermit mm -hmm. Even I realized that being in isolation isn't the best way to do life. Mm -hmm. So so small groups provide a great opportunity to just do life where you can share ideas, share opinions. Um, the, the one group that, that she and I led together, um, because we were together for so long, we were officially a group for 10 Years unofficially, we we lingered for a few more years before we just you know disbanded. Um, it was really during those years that we were doing so much of life together. Hmm. Uh, we were having a lot of great discussions about stuff that was going on in the church, stuff that was going on just in the world, uh, politics and mm -hmm. culture and mm -hmm. all that. Um, but we were also at the same time raising our kids together. Hmm. Uh, we were going through things like job losses together. Mm -hmm. We were going through, you know, the death of our parents. Yeah. You know, huh. all, all those kinds of big life experiences we were doing together and did for a very long time. In addition to all the just very recreational things like camping trips and things. Mm -hmm. um, but we we got to participate in raising each other's kids, mm. you know, which, which it's neat now all these years later, um, we've been invited well, either virtually, you know, in this day and age, right. or in person to to the weddings mm -hmm. of oh, those wow. kids yeah. who have since grown up yeah. and are starting right. families so of their some own. Some of the kids, some of the kids, 
of those families, there was a core group of about seven families that we were together for 10 or 11 years. Mm-hmm. In an, So every week for 10 or 11 years, we were together. We watched them. We watched each other's kids. We went swimming together in the summer. The moms um, had coffee together on a regular basis. We used to, the moms used to like, we'd put the kids to bed like at 730 and then we'd go to a coffee shop and drink coffee until midnight, one o'clock in the morning because mm-hmm. we were younger then and didn't go to bed so early, but also because it was our opportunity as adults to have nice, intense conversations. We, I mean, every single member of that group moved during those 10 or 11 years. Every single member of the group lost someone close to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of us had an addition of a child to our family. Some of the families when they came were already, like they had Mm -hmm. four children and that's when they're gonna have. We had one family, one of the kids broke their leg and they were really young and Mm -hmm. had to be carried. And we took turns giving the parents respite care so the parents could go out for their anniversary because they had this, Um, I don't remember how old he was, two-year-old with like in a full leg cast. You know, we just we just cared and loved for one another. Mm. And to this day, uh, they I think they'll always be our closest friends. Mm. I think um, we'll always be aware of what's going on in, in each other's lives. It's unique mm-hmm. that the, the things that are coming out are the stories of the relationships with the people that are coming out mm-hmm. and, and how you still have those bonds years and years down the road that yes. you guys were tight and together. I'm curious because even a community group, there's there's more to more to things of what a group can offer. I mean, what else would go on in a group? What, for example, what kind of things would you guys be studying, and what do those conversations look like to to spur each other on to grow towards understanding of who God is? Well, I'll let Roger go into the details, but I think one of the things that made that group so work so well is that we started that group. Our very first study we did. In that particular group, do you remember what it was, Roger? I think I did, but go ahead. <laughs> it was what is a church? Okay, yeah. <laughs> and so we started that group um, at the time. Again, they still called them mini churches here. So we started that mini church um, with the idea that we are literally a mini church. Hmm. So our very first study, I think it was a six or seven week study on what is the church, and we went through the ideas of giving and teaching and admonishing one another and all the one another's and what makes a church and how are we together going to function as a church and Mm -hmm. what does that mean for Mm -hmm. each of us and i'll let you go if i don't know if you remember any of the like points of the study at all not really i mean i just i remember talking about the whole acts 242 passage where uh, the believers gather together for the breaking of bread, the apostles' teaching, prayer. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's that's what we need to be about, mm-hmm. you know, not not to be a replacement for what's going on on Sunday, but yeah. to be able to, to, on a smaller scale, replicate that, um, but then still be able to do the... the, the to talk about what how that's relevant to our yeah. lives. It's funny you say that, I mean, using the word mini church, which mm-hmm. we don't necessarily use anymore, but mm-hmm. it's still kind of a, a neat picture. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned not to replace what goes on during the weekends. I'll ask both of you guys this question. I mean, what's your all's understanding of scripture when it comes to what we do on a corporate gathering on a big weekend versus what would go on in somebody's home? there's there's kind of this funnel in my mind I can think of like, you know, we come to a big church, a big gathering, and you come during the weekend, but then there's also these other locations where you can meet at somebody's house in a smaller setting mm-hmm. or one-on-one or one-on-two and for coffee. So how does that all interplay with each other? Does, does that kind of make sense of where I'm yeah. asking? 
Yeah, I think so. And it's been interesting having been here since 95 when, you know, the, the total number of adult members was probably, you know, a couple hundred people, you know, and having watched it just evolve and mm, grow in right. all the years since right. then, um, you know, we've, we Fellowship Bible Church, we've had to do things differently. Um, and it's, it's become just by sheer, because of the sheer size of things, um, there's less, I think, intimacy, less opportunity for people to, to talk and to share mm. and to, um, to encourage just almost the size right. is doing that. Yeah. Right. You know, I was thinking about this this passage, Hebrews 10, 24. Yeah. The, the writer says, let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Mm. Um, it's hard to do that. It's hard to provoke love and good works. It's hard to, to encourage on a Sunday morning, when you've got an hour and fifteen minutes, you're you're trying to get you, you're trying to get your kids, mm -hmm. you know, to to the right place at the right time. Um, and I think that that really only when it's two people across the table with a cup of coffee, yeah. or you know, a couple of families in a in a house on a weekday evening, that's the place where the provoking love and good works can happen. Mm -hmm. That's the place where mm -hmm. the encouraging can happen. Yeah. Right. So, um, so, so Sunday morning is great for, for learning. It's great for worship. It's great for, it's great for seeing each other. Cause what? sometimes if you, even if you don't get a chance to encourage, sometimes just seeing someone that you haven't seen for a while sure. can be encouraging in and of itself. And knowing that you're not alone. So mm -hmm. if it was always, if it was always just five families in my house, it might start to feel a little, um, uh, a little disparate from a larger body, mm, mm -hmm. from from a larger group of people who are all pointing towards God. And there are things that, as five families, there are things we can't do that the larger church can do. Mm. You know, there are initiatives and there are resources and there are opportunities that we have because we attend a larger worship gathering on weekends mm -hmm. that five families can't. Just like there are things five families can do that we can't do in the larger gathering. Yeah. So there's there's pluses on both sides. So from your worship ministry perspective, Rose, mm -hmm. encourage the listeners here because you could have somebody on either end of this spectrum to essentially say, I go to church on Sunday mornings and I'm good. I'm getting my mm -hmm. congregation. I'm getting my encouragement. I'm seeing my people. Yeah. You might have somebody on the other end saying, I don't like big church. I just like staying in my home and I'm going to have a couple of friends over and we're going to do church at home every week. Right. Where? How do you how do you bridge well, that gap and I encourage mean, people who the, are on those sides? I tell people, the Lord brings you, the Lord brought Roger to my life to make me see something of God that I can't see on my own. And the Lord brought Mark Francis to my life to see something of God that I can't see on my own. And together we somehow in our unity reflect God in a way that we can't separately. And so I, I think the same would be true of the church proper. Like um, those five people, it, it's really easy and you can see it more and more in social media, right? It's really easy to just hear what you wanna hear. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to get, um, to not hear other perspectives and not see the larger world and then not minister to one another because you're not seeing the larger world. Mm. So I think there's some, some things that are really important about being in a church body that has leadership that's been chosen by God to, um, to shepherd us in the direction God would have us go and that we can love and support. And again, in, in a group of five families, it's not that. It's mm -hmm. more... 
it's more we're all in this together. Yeah. At least my experience has always been we're all in this together. Let's figure it out. It's not it. Well, you're not going to have those conversations on a Sunday morning sitting no. in pews or rows. No. You know? and, and so there's this <laughs> slogan of community groups, circles are better than rows from that standpoint mm-hmm. is that, yes, you're, you can still learn about who God is on a Sunday morning and mm-hmm. you, we, you need to do that corporately. But mm-hmm. then you're not going to have the life application and the conversations of how do we really live this out unless it's in a different setting. Right. And I can give you a million examples. Um, you know, Roger, Roger has said he's a hermit and he is introverted and he will always default to staying home. But when we're in a group of five families and they say, hey, we're all going to go over to Abba and build a shed. Well, Roger's all in. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Abba and build a shed. And that's good for him. You know, and Roger has uh, for that group we were in for 10 years, Roger was our teacher and he was a very, very gifted teacher and and just did a wonderful job. So he's able to exercise his gifts. He's not he is an introvert. He's not going to stand up in front of three or four hundred people like Mark Carey does on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. But in that group of five families, he exercised his gifts. He exercised them very well. And he encouraged us to love Mm -hmm. exactly what the scripture he just read did. He encouraged us to love and good deeds. So the other thing about a small group is it gives you opportunity to exercise your gifts that God has given you as part of the body that can sometimes you can miss out on that when mm-hmm. you're in a, mm-hmm. a church as large as we are. Yeah, I, I'm going to ask you because you're mentioning being a part of a group mm-hmm. and then you're also mentioning leading a mm-hmm. group. And those are maybe two different things a little bit. So mm-hmm. unpack where was the tide changing for you guys as a couple mm-hmm. to say, I'm now going to not just attend a group but lead a group. What did that look like for you guys? <laughs> we, we, it was kind of by, um, we had no other option. <laughs> so we started having kids. So we were in these two groups. Uh-huh. We were in this young couples group, which really was only intact for a, a few years, years yeah. two, two or three years. And then this other group where we were by far the youngest family um, amongst the families in this group. Which was fine. We enjoy because we're, we're hearing from the experience and the wisdom of these people that are mm-hmm. older than us who've yeah. been there and done that. And it's something that we value really highly, I think, is the intergenerationalness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. really important to us yep. that it's not just a group of, of little kids with everybody who has little kids. Although right. that's what our group ended up being. But anyway. Well, so then we had our first uh-huh. our first child, which is fine. And um, but then suddenly that just. It, it changed. Mm-hmm. It, that, that changed the dynamic of that group we were with, with all these older families. Um, so we started to realize it was time to move into a group because all their kids had, had grown. Um, so it was time for us to, to find a group of people like us that had kids mm-hmm. that hadn't mm-hmm. flown the nest yet. Well, it was important. To, I mean, it was important to me. I think you shared it shared this value. It was important to me that our kids be able to attend with us. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. was a huge value. Mm-hmm. I, I I did not want to leave my, I did not, gathering together with other believers is very important to me. I value it tremendously. And I did not want to teach my kids that it's only important for adults to do that. And I wanted my children to understand the value of intergenerational, mm-hmm. doing intergenerational right. life together. So, I valued highly having our children with us. So, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and now that you guys are older and wiser, <laughs> this well past 1995 when you first started coming here, you know, how have you grown <laughs> in this understanding of, of who God is, but also as a couple, then how groups work with this? Like, you know, so where are you guys today in this idea of being in a community? 
Oh, we still absolutely see the value of it. We see the value. Um, uh, so to back to the other yeah. question. Yeah. So we we realized we needed to be in a group that that welcomed children and 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 was intentional, not just welcoming of children, mm -hmm. but but intentionally bringing children in. There wasn't a group available. We went looking. There was one group we thought maybe we could join. We called. We asked. Uh, and they said no. They said no. <laughs> they so, said no. You need to lead your own. Yeah, which uh, there it that is. was that Dave was by and Dave and Deanna Compton. It was their group. Oh, I wasn't going to name them. I'm calling them out. I've called them out many times. They said no. The locks. You cannot be in our group. I wasn't there you go. wasn't going to yeah. name names, but yeah. So basically, <laughs> we if we realized that that this type of group. Uh, with this value of, of bringing in kids mm. with with families um, was going to happen, we were going to have to lead it. Yep. So that was when we There's became, yeah. yeah, we started the group of our own uh, with a couple families that we knew, a couple families that we didn't. Uh -huh. um, first year was a little rough. Yeah. Uh, there was a bit of a, a change, personnel change um, by the time um, between the beginning of the first year and certainly about the beginning of the third year together. Mm -hmm. Takes them getting used to each other. Yeah. yeah. And some families, they, they just want to come try it out, but then they realize it's not really for them. So, so right. by, the, by the third year or so, we kind of settled into a group that stayed the core group then for the rest of the mm -hmm. time we were together. Mm -hmm. um, so then I'll go back to the other question, kind of how, <laughs> so, how are right. you guys... What's your big takeaway from what community groups offer for you guys and how have you grown? Well, it's again, it's the opportunity to, to do life together. It sounds so cliche and so vague, but um, you really get to, to do the highs and lows. You get to laugh together, cry together, learn together. Uh, hopefully it provides a, a, a safe enough environment where you can ask the question of, of a you know flesh and blood person. I mean, when our group started, you know, Google wasn't a thing, <laughs> you know, so, so you either had to go to, you know, to a pastor or to some trusted friend with mm -hmm. a, with a theological question, or how does this doctrine relate to, to my it, life? Yeah, how do I do this? Um, but these groups, these opportunities to get together, um, either one-on-one -on -one or, or, you know, amongst several families, it gives you the opportunity to, to talk about those things, you know, mm -hmm. so how does this, how does this relate to to my life? How does this relate to, you know, what I'm hearing right now in the news? Yep. What what do I make of this? Yep. According to what what God's word I think, says. I think your question is hard for us to answer, Mark, partially because I can't I can't quantify. It's hard for me to quantify spiritual growth, mm -hmm. and I can't imagine. I can't imagine there would have been any growth in either one of us without the support. Mm -hmm. And the encouragement mm -hmm. and the, you mean, like, it, when you have seven families that you're intimate with and you don't come to church on Sunday, they know it. Yep. <laughs> and they're on the phone with you and where yep. have you been? And when when you start to go off course, when, when your marriage starts to have difficulties and you're arguing with your spouse a lot, they know it. <laughs> and they're going to sit with you. You know, the women are going to sit and they're going to talk it through with you. And, you know, so Roger and I have been married for 30 years and... I can't imagine, I can't imagine my life without other believers having spoken directly into it. Mm -hmm. And I guess because of the, because I was raised in that kind of environment where other believers spoke into one another's lives and did life together on a regular basis, uh, I just, uh, it's key. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Mark Carey over the years has told this joke, and I don't remember enough of the joke to try to tell it, <laughs> but it's about this little kid who's scared in bed at night and uh, so basically the punchline of the joke is that he wants 
um, God with skin on. Mm -hmm. So he wants his parents there because they try to encourage him, well, God's with you. You know, yeah, but I want God with skin on. Yeah. Um, Community groups provide God with skin on, Mm. you know, whether it's just helping you move boxes when you're going from house A to house B, or if it's just someone to hear you just kind of think out loud when you've lost a job or someone to a shoulder to cry on. Mm -hmm. And that's so relative. I mean, because God with skin is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when we have Christ living in us and we're displaying his light to others around us, it looks like God with skin on. Right. And I love that. That's great. And I think, um, you know, I've heard of other groups where, well, people are just going for the teaching and, um, you know what I mean? Like, and and I understand we have times in our lives where that's a value or it's primarily Bible study. But I just, um, if, if... if I'm inviting you in my life and you're inviting me in my life, then you're going to get who I am. Sure. I'm pretty transparent. And and I'm asking you to help me grow and help me be more like Christ and show me what that looks like. Because um, ultimately, we all just want to and need to glorify God together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, you guys are a good example. I appreciate you coming here and oh, opening sure. up and sharing your stories and just being able to encourage all of us to say, you know, Community groups are where it's at. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not a part of one, I need to be looking for one. And I could tell you a million stories. We didn't, I mean, we didn't have we time didn't to We didn't get to the stories. Because, yeah. because literally we've been in community groups for our entire married lives. And there's just story after story after story. Yep. The study, I can tell you examples. I can tell you lines from studies we've done together that still I chew on, you mm. know, that we we did those books 20 and 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you stories of crying with friends. I can tell you stories of arguments we've had where we've left community group <laughs> mad at each other, you know, um, because it's just life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all part of it. And that's why we're here mm-hmm. to, right. to encourage each other to grow together. And, um, and you guys, thank you once again, oh, because there is plenty of opportunities for you guys watching and listening for you to get plugged into community group. And I'll just promote the website. You can go to fbcva.life slash community, and that will take you right where you need to go to find out where the groups are and how to get plugged in. There will be an event in September for you to meet and uh, find out where the openings are for groups and meet the leaders of those groups. So look out for details about that coming up as well. So... Also, by the way, keep watching and listening to our podcast. There's going to be plenty of other stories like this coming up. So go to fbcva.life slash podcast, share show notes. We'd like to hear from you guys as well. And um, really, until we chat again, let's let Christ be the focus of our lives each and every day. 